How many remember that song? That's a little blast from the past. I did that for Andy Sprague. He likes that song. That's a oldie but a goodie. Well, we want to welcome every, all of you here today. And what we're doing over the next couple weeks is we're going to be looking at things that we truly value here at Living Word. Now, I don't know if there's things that you really value, uh, things that you hold uh, dear to your heart. And, and I think it's important for us to realize that what drives our lives are the things that we value. And what I want us to realize as a church is that when we are on the same page as a church and we understand what our core values are as a church, that helps unify the body of Christ so that we're all on the same page. Listen, Jesus said they're going to know that, that, that you're my disciples by how you love each other. That we're on the same page, that we're on the same team. We all, we may all have, you know, different NFL favorite teams, obviously. Um, I'm glad the Bills are in the playoffs today, but, but we all may have different, um, you know, uh, football teams. But you know what? When it comes to serving Christ, we're all on the same team. We all have the same jersey. And I think what happens many times within the church, we get so fractured and we're going in a million different ways and then we're not effective for what the Lord wants us to do. And so what I want us to realize, there are things that drive living word. And I thought it would be great to start off at the beginning of the year and look at the things that drive living word. These are the things that are most important to us. And, and I, I don't know, maybe as you as a family, maybe you've gotten together and, and you said, listen, these are our family values. These are the things we value as a family. Maybe for some of you, it's like, you know, it's important for us to eat as a family. It's important for us to go to church as a family. These are things that we value that we want to instill in our family, instill in our kids, and hopefully pass that along. Well, these values are the things that we hold as important as a church. And, and I believe when we, um, when we embrace these into our own personal lives, I believe it's going to change the course of our church. It will change the trajectory of our church and, and allow us to go in the same direction that I believe that the Lord desires us to go in. And that's why I thought it's just so fitting that we're going to take communion today because this is the thing that binds us together is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And so my prayer for this coming new year for you and your families and individuals in your life is that you will grab a hold of God's vision for your life that you will have a greater passion to know Jesus Christ, that you will know what God has called you to, that you'll be a greater uh, a part of our community here at the church and obviously in the community as a whole that we live in. And so this is my prayer for our church. How many know that God wants to use us way beyond we ever thought? Or can imagine. He wants to use you way beyond what you ever think or imagine. And so these are the things um, that I want to focus on. And I, I want to look at the things that we, we care about. Um, what, sometimes what I do is I look at <clears throat> different businesses. And I check out what their mission statement is. Many times you walk in maybe to a restaurant or a store. And they'll have like their mission statement. And I like to read what they say. It's kind of interesting what they care about. What drives their business. And one of my favorite businesses, you all know, is what? How many of you know what my favorite restaurant is in the whole place? Fast food. Chick-fil-A. Come on, people. I've only talked about it like every other message. I love Chick-fil-A. Here's the reason why I love Chick-fil-A. In fact, Chick-fil-A is being built right now as I speak in Rochester. The walls are going up now. Let's all say thank you, Jesus. 
for Chick-fil-A in Rochester. Revival is starting in Rochester right now as Chick-fil-A goes up. Here's the thing I love about Chick-fil-A. I love their business model. I love their mission statement. I have never been in a Chick-fil-A and had a bad experience. And here's the reason why. Now, they've gotten an order wrong sometimes, but that didn't cause me to have a bad experience because what they did is they made it right. And here's what I love about uh, uh, Chick-fil-A. Here is, here is Chick-fil-A's um, vision statement for their, for their business. And it's right on the front of their website. And here's what it is. Here's what they value. It says this, and I quote, Chick-fil-A is to glorify God. That's the first thing in their business statement is to glorify God. That's pretty good. I like that right off the bat. To glorify God and be faithful stewards of all that is entrusted to us. Guess what? That should be the church's vision statement is to glorify God and to be faithful stewards with everything that's been entrusted to us. And to have, let me go back because I got excited there on their mission statement. Let me go back and just quote what they say. It says to glorify God by being faithful stewards of all that God has entrusted to us and to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Now, let me change this a little bit. This is, this should be our mission statement. This is the way we should feel. To glorify God and be faithful stewards that all God has entrusted with, to be a positive influence at all who come in contact with living word. Does that sound pretty good? See, I've never had a bad experience at Chick-fil-A for this reason. Their vision statement is passed down to every single employee. They get it. So when they serve you, they always say this. It's my pleasure. They understand that when the customer comes in, that they want to do everything they can to make that a good experience for them. Now, what are they serving? They're serving chicken and fries and good milk. That, that's, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to do that, right? It is good. I think the chicken sandwiches are the best. But what, what are they serving actually? It's customer service. They get what they're doing. They're not open on Sundays. They, they, they follow the value system that God laid into the owner, Truett Kathy, that he has passed down to all his employees. And they get it. See, what drives us as a church? What drives living word? What do we see as important? What is at the core of living word? What is at the center of living word? And why do we exist? And we've been entrusted with the greatest message that the world has ever known. God has entrusted to us, the church, his word to be faithful stewards with what he has given us to pass this along. So my question to you is, are we faithful and are we being good stewards? And basically what a steward is, all it is, is, is God is the owner. We are the managers. How are we managing all the things that God has given us? Our gifts, our talents, our treasures. Do you realize that nothing you own is yours? If you can get this one principle right in your life, it will set you free. It will set you free from materialism. It will set you free from, from a greedy heart. If we understand that God is the owner of everything and all he's done is he's given me these things for, for my pleasure and, and, and fun things and good things for our pleasure. But ultimately, we are just stewards. And how are we stewarding 
everything that God given us. Now, we may think, well, I got a pass because I don't have a lot, Pastor. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you have a little or you have a lot. What are you doing? And how are you being responsible with the things that God has given you? And that's so much more than just our finances. But do you realize that God has gifted every single one of you? I was, for some reason, I don't know why this got laid in my heart during worship. What a great worship. I, the worship team did an amazing, I mean, it's just God's presence here. I'm crying in the front. It's just good. God is good, isn't he? I'm so glad I came to church today. Um, I, I was thinking about this. We have a, a, a young man, his name, is, his name is Chris, and he works through the school district. He comes in and he helps out, uh, I think, twice a week. Is it twice a week, Pastor Brandon? Three times a week? Twice or three times a week. And um, he just uses his gifts that God has given him to help around the church, and he works through uh, the school, Wayne, Wayne Central School District. And I'm going to say this one thing. Our nursery and our, th- our, our, our kindergarten or our three- to five-year-old uh, junior church is the cleanest place you will ever see in the history of the world. He cleans every single block. Every block is cleaned. It's wiped. It's sanitized. I, I have this thing about messy microwaves. And our microwave was kind of just, there was actually, we had science experiments growing in there for a while. I'm like, he cleans it. We have the cleanest microwave, garbage can. He just, he just spotless. And I was thinking about that this, this morning. I was like, it's so amazing how we just give anything to the Lord and how he can use it to glorify him. And I just want you to realize, some of you may feel like, you know, I don't know what God, I don't know what gifts I have. I, I don't know. Listen, ask the Lord, God, whatever it is, let me use it for your purposes and your glory to help glorify you within the body of Christ. And I want you to get plugged into the community here at Living Word and allow God to use whatever gift he has given you to use it for God's glory. I mean, it may not be like Katie. She has a great voice in musicians. It may not be that. But, you know, for Chris, it's cleaning blocks. And how many, how many of you parents... That was music to your ears to know that that's a clean place. Can I get an amen, right? It's a clean place. And so here's the thing. I want you to realize, God, what are you call? Am I being a good steward with what you've given me? So what we're going to do for the next two weeks, we're going to look at, we have four core values at our church that we stick to. This is our dashboard. This is the thing we look to, to keep us going down the right road. So we don't veer off and go down a rabbit trail that will shipwreck our church. These are the things we focus on. So let me give you the first, you can follow along your notes there. I've got those for you in the bulletins, but let's look at, at what, what our core values, core value. Number one, we're gonna look at two today and then two next week. But the first core value that we have is we want to be biblically based. So our first core value is that we are biblically based. What does that mean to be biblically based? Well, what it means is, is that we give the Bible the ultimate authority in this place. This is how we live our lives. This is how we conduct the church. This is how we conduct our lives. We believe the Bible is God's word and we want to live by what it teaches. Our key vision statement is this. It's not long. It's simple. It's basically just this. This is our key vision statement. It's transforming lives for eternity. And how do we do this? How do, how does, how does lives, how are lives tra- uh, uh, transformed for eternity? Well, we believe the word of God has the power to transform lives. We believe the word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. We don't believe this is just some book 
that's parallel or on the same level with any other book that was written by a human author. Here's the difference. We believe this is God's word to us. It corrects us. It rebukes us. It trains us in all areas of righteousness. So we believe the word of God has the power to transform lives. So when this is taught and spoken and preached, we believe that the word of God is what transforms your life, not just for this world, but for eternity. And that's why we're here. We're investing. Why do we give to the church? It's not just so we have a nice warm. Thank God it's warm in here today. Amen. Thank you for your giving because it's warm in here today. It's not just for that. Ultimately, we give and we sow into God's kingdom because we believe that God transforms lives. We are investing in individual lives that God will transform them for eternity. Those that were separated from God. Those that were alienated from God and enemies of God are now brought to be friends with God. And we believe the transformation of the power of God's word being spoken and taught is what transforms lives. I love John 20, 31. It says this, but these things are written, John says, it's written for you that you may what? Believe. That Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, that by believing you may have what? Life in his name. What kind of life is he talking about? Eternal life. Lives that were once headed for damnation and separation from God are now changed because of the message of Jesus Christ. And by believing in him, our lives that were destituted, headed towards eternal damnation, separated from God, are now transformed to a life that now will spend an eternity with God. I, I don't know about you. That's what I want to be part of. See, what changed me about the church, because I grew up in the church and, you know, just went and it was boring to me and just going through the religious motions. I just thought it was something that, that we had to do. But when my parents became born again and Christ changed their life and they repented from their sins and we started going to a church that really taught and preached the gospel, what did for me as a, a young teenager was when people shared what Jesus did in their hearts and their lives. People were actually excited about being at church. People were worshiping and lifting their hands. People were, were sharing how God took them out of drug addiction and alcohol addiction and all these things and how God transformed their marriages and all these other things. I'm like, what is this? It was a transformation of a life that Christ did for people that just caught my eye. I'm like, this is, this is different. These people are weird. They're so happy. Why are they so happy to come to church? Church is supposed to be miserable. You're supposed to just do your thing. And the church I grew up with, the minute it was over, it, the, it, people were making a mad dash for the parking lot to see who could be the first one out, right? Here, I'm like, would you please leave? Okay, stop fellowshipping with me. I know you love each other, but please leave. I got to go watch Buffalo, okay? So please leave, all right? Just teasing. See, what happens? There's this transformation of a life. And so we believe the Bible is actually God's word to us. Not some ancient manuscript that's boring and, and can't relate to us. We believe it's God's word to us. I love this in Romans 10, 17. Paul says, the apostle Paul says, so faith cometh by hearing. You're saying, well, how do I gain faith? How do I have faith to believe? Here's what Paul says. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Listen, listen. Just sticking the Bible under your pillow 
and learning in your head, there's not going to be some osmosis. I don't even know if that, I'm using that correctly, but it just sounds cool. There's not going to be this osmosis that happens that there's going to be this transference into your head. And all of a sudden you're going to believe. What causes you to believe? You're hearing the word of God. You're hearing its truth. When I began to hear the word of God spoken in truth, now I was convicted and I didn't like it, but there was something that was spoken in that truth by that pastor or somebody I saw on TV or by reading the Bible myself or by my mom hiding scripture verses under my pillow when I went to, she actually did that by the way. She, she, was, she was like covertly using God's word to try to get me saved. How dare she do that? <laughs> My mom, she was so sneaky. She was so stealth-like. And so I go, I go, what is this? In my bed, it's a scripture verse. And of course, I would read it, right? I didn't like it, but I would read it. See, faith comes, and all of a sudden, there's this truth of God's word that starts to convict my heart. Because it is God's truth. See, faith comes, if you want more faith, you're saying, Pastor, how do I get faith? You get more faith by listening and reading and hearing God's word. Put yourself in a place where you can hear from the Lord. This word is unbelievable. It will change your life. If you allow it to come in. If you hear it and you obey it. Listen, God says, for those who seek me, I will be found. The problem is, are we seeking him? Do we really want to know him? Do we really want to sense and know his presence in our life? It's not going to happen by just being idle. Be proactive. God will give you the faith that you need to believe. And he does it through his awesome word. See, we understand that the Bible was written by human authors, 40 authors over 1,500 years And it doesn't contradict itself. There's not another book that even comes close to this. The reason why it's supernatural. It's written by God. So we believe that it's written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit, which is often called inspiration. We believe that it's the supreme source of all truth, of all Christian belief and living because it's inspired by God. It's truth without any mixture of error. We believe it's inerrant. And Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16, he says, listen, all scripture is literally God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You see, the word of God is the key for knowing who God is and what his plan is for us. So if you're here today and you're kind of stuck in a rut, and you're stuck in your spiritual life, let me encourage you today that, first of all, we've all been there. There's times in our spiritual lives where we all get just stuck. So how do we get unstuck, and how do we continue to grow in our walk with the Lord? Because, it's so, yes, the starting point is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, believing what he did for you on the cross, and repenting from your sins. The Holy Spirit comes in your life. That is definitely the beginning. But how many know that we as Christians can walk in that and that not grow? And we get stagnant and we stop hearing the voice of God. So how do we do it? Well, that this is where we want to encourage you to take next steps in your walk with the Lord. Let, let me just say this. Make a commitment in 2018 to get plugged into one of our small groups. Let, let, me, let me just encourage you to do that if you're not already. 
Let, let me share with you how you can get connected. Because you may not know all the different ways that you can get connected. As I said earlier, we've got a men's group that is starting uh, this Wednesday at 630. We've got an adult class that meets right in here at 630 on Wednesdays. We've got things for our kids, our girls, our teenagers. We've got our Axe home groups that once a month they meet in area homes that you can sign up for. Go right online. You can sign up for that, meet with other people, go through God's word, pray for each other. Some of those uh, homes, they actually have meals together. And I know most of those homes, they are good. So Great, great home groups that you can get plugged into. We have a ladies' Bible study that meets Thursday morning and Thursday night. That's going to be starting very soon. We do that in the spring and the fall. Listen, we've got so many groups that you can part of. We've got a, a ladies' Bible study that meets every other week in a woman's home, Stephanie Sylvester. Um, those, th- those meet on Monday mornings. We've got a Sunday morning adult study that meets at 10 a.m. These are all ways that you can get plugged in so that you can hear the word of God. And not only that, but get together with God's people. That you can be prayed for. That you can be encouraged. See, the, the one thing about living word that I don't want to happen is where we just come here on Sunday morning. And how many know we can do that? We just come and go, but still not feel part of our community. I want you to feel like you belong here that you are part of this community. And when you feel part of this community, you are loved, you're accepted, God wants to use you. People may speak into your lives about areas that, that, that you need to grow in or use your gifts in. You can't do that just sitting on the edge. You gotta jump in. You gotta jump in the whole way. And we want you to jump in. We want you to jump in the whole way. We're going to be, you know, you know, the, the, the join in membership. Maybe it's like, man, I, I know I need to become a member. We're going to be offering that in the early spring. And so maybe there's ways that you say, you know, these are ways that I just need to get plugged in. Let me just say this. These are the ways that will jumpstart your spiritual walk and allow you to feel part. I, I'll tell you what. Here's the difference for me. When I was first saved at 16 years old, I was part of a very dynamic youth group. That made all the difference for me was that youth group. I was part of a small group. I had another youth worker that was discipling me. That's where I made my best friends. That's where I met my wife. That's where I met my wife. That's where I met my wife. 27 years later, she's still married to me. Thank God. Praise God for Kathleen. Pray for her. She's a saint. You see, I felt connected in that community like no other. I was part of the swim team. I was on the varsity swim team. I was on the tennis team. Those were great, and I enjoyed doing that, but it wasn't the same as being connected to that spiritual family of my youth group and my church. I remember, you know, there were so many people that I was connected to in our church. And and, and thank God for my parents because they encouraged me to do this. But I can just remember even some deacons in our, in our church. One, his name was Barry Wilcox. He would always come up to me and just say, hey, Barton, how you doing? Because I remember one time I was going through something. I was just came up to the altar to pray. And, and, and the deacon, Barry Wilcox, was there. And he just prayed with me. And from that moment, we formed a great relationship. We both drove Ford Escorts. And uh, did a couple connections. We'd always tease, like, how fast is your Ford Escort? Yeah, I go, I go to zero to 60 in 10 minutes. How fast did you, you know? And... Um, 
But we formed a great relationship and he made me feel part of the community, not only with the community, with the youth group, because I had great friends there and youth workers, but the adults in our church made me feel connected to that community. And I knew that my church had my back. I knew my church was a place that I was going to get prayed for, that people loved me, that people accepted me. That was huge for me as a young person. And so many of you, you, you're not feeling that connection because you haven't made that step to get connected. So I would encourage you. There may be some of you, and you, you may have something in your life where you had a bad experience at a church. And let me say, I'm sorry for that. Um, I know the church can be a messy place because we're messy people, right? Jesus, Jesus didn't die for a perfect church. He died for a messy church. And so you, you may have had bad experiences in the past. Living word isn't a perfect place either. But let me just say this. Jesus is perfect. And Jesus uses those scars to bring healing into our life. And I would ask you just to let God maybe drop some of your defenses and heal your past wounds and allow you to take that step forward again. And I know there's some bad stories. Church isn't a perfect place. I agree. But let me just say this to you. Allow, allow God to bring healing to your heart and open your life up again to take that next step to get plugged in uh, to, to, to this community of believers and allow God to bring healing and forgiveness. And he will. And that's what I love about the church is that we can truly find reconciliation. See, at the heart of the gospel is this. Jesus died for sinners. He didn't die for good people. He died for sinners. And what I love at the heart of the gospel message, it allows us to forgive with the grace that Jesus gives us. So allow God to bring healing. Open your life up again. Become vulnerable again. That's okay. And, 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 and have that strength to say, Jesus, I'm going to get plugged back in again because I know I need this. And I need to grow in my walk. And, and guess what? We need each other to grow. We can't do it in isolation, which would be great, right? If we were for people, the church would be a perfect place, right? But God uses the imperfections of the church to have himself glorified in our midst. So he uses it for his, his glory. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Take, just think to yourself, what can I do to take that next step and get plugged into the com community here and allow God's word just to, to, to allow you to grow in him once again by getting plugged into some of these small groups. So our core value number one is being biblically based in all that we do. We preach from the word of God. We teach from the word of God. Um, thank God for that, that you're not hearing my opinion every week. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, right? Thank God for that because, you know, I may be in a bad mood the night before. I had, you know, bad pepperoni the night before, and who knows what I'm going to say on Sunday morning. Thank God we have the word of God. This is what we rely on. This is what I uh, completely stand upon. So this is God's word, and his word is truth, and it will always lead us in the right way. So we, 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 we put everything on the authority of God's word. And here's the second core value. Second core value is to be community focused. This is near and dear to my heart. And I heard this statement years ago and it just bothered me. You ever hear something that just bothers you? It just rubs you the wrong way. And when I heard this statement, it, this is what it did for me. Because what this statement does is um, I have this note in my office. I have it where I can see it all the time because I need to be reminded of this all the time. So this is something that is on a sticky note in my office. And it's this. If the doors were to close tomorrow of our church, would anyone take notice in our community? If the doors of our church were to close tomorrow, we'd say we're shut, shutting down shop. Would any, anybody in the community take notice or would anybody even care? See, this is a thought-provoking question. 
Because the question is, are we making such a positive impact in our community that people are actually taking notice? And we're not looking to, to have a popularity contest. That, that's not our, our goal here. But our goal is, are we serving our community? In the community that God has placed living word, are we making an impact in our community by, serve, by, by, by serving people? So here's... here's Get this. If you can get this, this will help you in your service here at at Living Word. We exist for people who have not yet to belong. That's who we exist for. Actually, the church is the only organization in the world that actually exists for people who have not yet belonged. We're actually reaching out. It's not us for no more. It's not the secret handshake in order to get into our secret society, right? We actually exist for people who have yet to belong. And, and we have to be reminded that this should be in the forefront of our minds every time we walk through the doors of the church. Um, what am I doing to include others? How am I helping them to belong? That's why we do different events. That's why we do the school supply event in August. It's to reach out to our community. Last year we had, um, we served over 300 students from K to fourth grade in our community. Uh, over, well over five to 600 people walked through the doors of our church to receive school supplies just to reach out to them and say, hey, we're here for you. We love you. We're serving you. Uh, that's why we do the trunk or treat event. I can't remember how many, how many people came on the campus, Pastor Brandon? 400 people came onto our campus for trunk or treat. 400 families came on our campus and we did and just loving on people having games with with kids giving them candy and letting them know about our church and it's funny when people walk into it's funny when some people walk into the they're like they walk into the the, the doors of the narthex and they're like You know, they're all scared. Like, I don't know what's going to, someone's going to jump on them or the walls are going to fall down. I don't know what, but it's like, this is a nice, but do you mind if I, do you mind if I look at the sanctuary? I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Let me turn the lights on for you. No, don't turn the lights on. I just want to look at the dark. No, I'm just teasing. I go, I'll turn the lights on. It's just funny. People are like, look, you, we exist for you. That's why we're here because we care about you. I want you to understand that our community here at Living Word does not exist for ourselves. That we are not an exclusive group that you have to know the secret handshake or you have to know the secret language in order to belong. I saw a sign in front of a church parking lot in Rochester. I drove by it. I wish I would have. I will take a picture of it for you because I need to be reminded of this. But there was a sign in front of the church parking lot and they had a chain across the church parking lot. And on the sign, it read this. Are you ready? Parking for church members only. Exclamation point. Basically saying, if you aren't a member, don't even think about parking your car in our parking lot. Now, before we jump all over this church, I understand maybe people are parking there illegally. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning, and I'm not going to try to judge them for that. But think of, can we just think about it for a moment? What kind of message is that sending to the community? Now, what it sends to me is, I don't belong here unless I'm a what? Member. And don't even think about parking your car if you're not a member. What if we put a sign there that says, you can park here all you want. 
In fact, church members need to park across the street. How about that? See, listen, 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 listen. Living word is not American Express. Membership does not have its privileges. In fact, this is what we believe, and I'll be talking about this next week. In fact, the more you get involved, the more you lose your rights. Listen, this will set you free. If you realize that the longer I've been here at Living Word, the more I lose my rights, the more I exist here for other people, all of a sudden, you're not going to be looking for the best parking spot in church. You're going to be parking over here behind the church because you say, you know what? I want to reserve that for somebody new. Just saying. Don't throw anything at me, okay? But it's cold out, Pastor Martin. But you, do you hear what I'm saying? That's the mindset I want you, when you, when we, listen, when we exist for the community, when we exist for people who have not yet belonged, my heart starts to shift where, hey, I came in a little bit late and someone's sitting in my seat. That's okay. Let it go. Let it go. Okay. That's where we have to get. We've got to get to that point to where we're saying, you know what? The closer I get to the Lord the more responsibilities I'm giving at Living Word and being implemented in this community, the more I lose my rights. If you can get that, I'm telling you what, it'll make Living Word a very, very, very unique place because what, what we're grabbing is the heart of Christ and why he came for us. Jesus gave up everything to reach us. Even while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. So, let me just read you the scripture in closing because I believe this, this scripture just speaks to my heart on the type of church Jesus wants us to be in our community. Here is the heart of Christ. So if we want to grab the heart of Christ, here's the heart of Christ wanting to invite those who do not belong. And it's found in eight, uh, Luke 8, 30, 30, 43 through 48. And um, it's about a woman who had this discharge of blood for 12 years and she couldn't be healed. From anyone. And let, let me read you the story here. It said, And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she, came, uh, she could not be healed by anyone. So she came up behind him, behind Jesus, and touched the fringe of his garment. Immediately her discharge of blood ceased. She was healed. And then Jesus says, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you and they're pressing in on you. But Jesus said, someone, someone touched me. For I perceived that the power had gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling, falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. So now everybody knows. And how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, why is this story so intriguing to me? Let me give you a couple of reasons why. And why this relates to how we are to relate to our community. Here's why the story is so intriguing to me. We understand this woman had a health issue that no one could help. She spent all her money. In fact, the word tells that she, she, it got worse and worse and worse. She was even considered unclean because her issue of blood, according to uh, Old Testament law. She was considered ceremonially unclean, which means she couldn't even worship in the temple. So now, now we're getting a little clearer picture of this woman. Okay, She is an outcast. 
She is outside of the community, outside of the spiritual community because of her issue. She could not touch or be touched by anyone or they also would become unclean. And so if she was in public, she would have to literally yell out unclean, unclean. Can you imagine how shameful that was? How embarrassing that was for her. Her issue, her deepest issue was her shame. Listen, listen, listen. It wasn't the physical, as bad as that was. But because of the physical issue, it created this shame in her life. That she couldn't be around anyone, couldn't be in the community of of spiritual people, couldn't uh, touch anyone, couldn't be touched. Her shame was her issue. She was alone. She was abandoned. See, I want you to understand something about the community that we live in. We all have issues, don't we? And we're all messy. And so she comes to Jesus. She's unclean. She's unloved. And she's untouched. She's all the unthings. She's undone. She's embarrassed and she comes. And so what she does, is she takes this huge risk because she's pressing in on the crowd, touching other people. Will she be noticed? Will she be called out? She thought maybe if I could just, there's so many people or maybe I can just go unnoticed. No one sees me and I'll just go there. And, but Jesus didn't let her get away with it, did he? Uh Uh-uh. He wanted her to know that she didn't go unnoticed. Listen, we need to allow our community to understand that we are not allowing them to go unnoticed, that we care about them. See, what we do in our lives all the time is we see people that go around us and pass us unnoticed. And we have no idea what's going on in their lives. And all of a sudden, somebody takes notice. Listen to me. And that can make all the difference. Someone takes notice of my life. Someone takes notice of my pain. Someone takes notice of my hurt. Someone takes notice of my shame and actually cares about me. Jesus took notice. See, what's interesting about this story is is what Jesus is, is what it says about Jesus. And this should speak to our community at Living Word. What it says about Jesus is this, is that he's approachable and that when she touched him, the change was immediate. See, our job is to bring people shame and messiness. I say, listen, I may not know how to fix it. I love you, I care for you, but I know someone who does. And let me lead you to him because he is approachable. I'm not going to put any roadblocks in front of you. You see, as a church, we need to be careful. Yeah, sometimes I'm, I got jeans on today. Is that okay? I'm not in a suit. Maybe sometimes I wear a tie. Maybe sometimes I wear a dress legs. I just want people to say, you know what? You just come as you are to living word. We're not going to make you put a tie on. If you want to, fine. If you want to look nice, go for it. You want to put a bow tie on? Cool. Bolo tie? Welcome. Cowboy hat? Come on. 
Cowboy boots? Come on, I may put on cowboy boots one week. So there you go. We don't care. We don't care. We want you to come as you are. We don't want to put any stumbling blocks in front of you. We actually want you to come with your shame and your messiness and allow Jesus to bring the healing to your life. See, here's the thing. We want people to know it's okay not to be okay. Okay? We want people to know that you come just as you are. That is why I think at times it's okay to share your faults. It's okay to share your disappointments. It's okay to say, you know, I've blown it at times. I understand what you're going through. My life isn't perfect either. I relate much better with people who share their struggles than their victories. Don't you? You just do. And when you share your struggles, all of a sudden you relate and you contextualize with that person. And say, but this is what Jesus does for me. See, we want people to know that when you come to Living Word, you are our guest and we are here to serve you. We don't want to put barriers up in front of people. Let Jesus do the changing. And when he changes a heart, he changes a heart. And he changes a life. And this woman's life was changed because of Jesus. And Jesus called her out because he wanted to notice her, to say, you are no longer going to go unnoticed. Let me just share the story as we close and we take communion. I could have not have been prouder of you as our church at our Trunk or Treat event back in October. I just stood back. Pastor Brand did a great job organizing it, but I just stood back and saw how those of you that worked that day just engaged people and talked to people and loved on people. It was great. It, was, it started raining, and we didn't think anybody would show up, and people came, even in the rain, and we brought them into the gym and um, just had fun and, and games and just had conversations with people and let people know about the church and the ministry of the church. It was great. Um, but here's the thing that did it for me. Um, we gave out... Uh, prizes and door prizes and stuff. I don't, I don't know how many prizes we had, Pastor Brandon, but we had four four door prizes. And there's one single mom that uh, got a door prize. And she, she, she had to pick it up later, so she came to the church, and her daughter was probably three years old. She came on Monday or Tuesday to the church to pick up her prize. And um, she was a single mom. You could tell she was hurting. Just, you know, her daughter walked in, and she goes, her, her three-year-old daughter had her, her, her pants were on, on backwards and her shoes were on the wrong feet because she was, oh, my daughter, my daughter dressed herself this morning. She was adorable, cute as, a, cute as a button. And she walks in just as they were. And she goes, oh, I won the um, tickets to the zoo. And we're like, oh, cool. I go, what's your name? We met her and it was a really great conversation. And uh, Pastor Brandon goes, well, let me go back and get your prize for you. Now, I didn't know this. But I thought Pastor Brown was just going to come back with a little envelope with two tick or whatever, four tick, whatever it was, to the zoo and just give it to her. What happens, Pastor Brandon comes up with this huge gift basket. I was excited. I was like, whoa. And in the gift basket was coloring books and crayons. Just things, toys. This little girl's eyes just went pa-boom. And the mom's like, are you kidding me? She goes, I never win anything. 
And we just said, we just want to let you know we love you, we care about you. Thank you for coming and being part of this event. She goes, man, this is, and the little girl was so excited. I got thinking about this. God's grace is unbelievable. He just wants to pour out his grace on our lives. How are we at doing that with not only people around us, but in our community? Are we, are we giving grace to people saying, this is what saved you. It's God's grace. None of us deserve it. None of us deserve the gift basket with the tickets to the zoo. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But her eyes just saw the grace. Like, why would a church care about me? It's because Jesus cares about every single one of us. And what he's doing is he's inviting the unnoticed to come. If who, I don't care what kind of event it is. If it's through a trunk or treat event or what, who, let's be creative on how we can use these things as springboards within our community. When we were doing the Thanksgiving baskets, people would say, how, 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 how did you know? What, what? I said, we just want to bless you. That's it. We just want to bless you. Living word loves you. That's all. We just want to bless you. Do you mind if I pray with you? Okay. I'm, 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 I'm without a job right now. Could you pray? I need a job. Okay, let's pray. Right there in their homes. It's about community. So here, here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway. Let me share you my heart here, and then we'll take communion. The more you are connected to the community at Living Word, the more you will have a heart for the community around us. Here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Because when you're sitting under the Word of God and you're with other people, you begin to grab the vision. And you can't do that if you're on the fringes. And so that's my heart is that living word would be a community of believers that come together and yes, do things together and study and pray together. But then it can't stop there. Pastor Brand did a great job with the message last week. It's more than just about attendance. It's about engaging. We've got to engage. And when we engage each other, then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's more than just us four and no more. We actually have to engage those who have not yet belonged. So what are we doing to do that? Let me be involved in reaching our community. And I haven't even got to missions. That's next week. So just this is just now. Next week even gets better. So here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway. We're going to take it. What can I do to learn more about God's word? How can I get plugged in to a Bible search small group? And the other takeaway is what can I do to be more connected to the community at Living Word and the community we live in? That should be our prayer for 2018. So just ask her, what can I do? How can I get connected? More connected here and more connected with our community. Lord, show me how can I love you more and love our community more and for those who have not yet belonged. So may it start with us. When we take communion today, we're starting off the new year by taking communion because if we're not together, it ain't going to work, right? How, How can two walk together except they be agreed in Amos? We always read that at, at weddings. Say it to the married, hey, you got to be agreed if you're going to walk together. Can I get an amen? Are you married? God's right. But it's the church. If we're not agreed, we're not going to be able to walk and be unified 
And when we are unified and walk into the same vision that God has given us, we're going to be a very, very effective force in our community for Jesus Christ. And that's my prayer for 2018. So Lord, we come before you today as we prepare our hearts for communion. We understand that this table is open to everyone who has come into your kingdom, who's part of your family. And I pray for anyone here who is not yet belonged, who's sitting there in their seat that say, Pastor Barton, I'm not even part of God's family. We know that anyone that calls upon the Lord shall be saved. And anyone who comes to you, Jesus, they come into the family of God. So I pray that for anyone right here, even as they sit in their seats. I pray for the family of Living Word as we take communion, that we would recognize that Jesus, when you did this, you said we need to recognize and remember what you did for us, your body that was given for us, your blood that was shed for us, because without these two things, we could not find forgiveness. Without the giving of your life, we could not find forgiveness. You were perfect, we weren't. And in every way, you became our, our sacrifice, our substitute. So Lord, I pray right now that you would bind living word together as we come under communion today, that you would cover us, that you would unify us, that we would go forth into this world in the power of Jesus' name, that others would know what a wonderful Savior he is. So bless this time together, we pray, and Jesus' wonderful.